Hello and welcome to the Landscape Library podcast. My name is Alan Sargent. This particular session is titled How to Avoid Customer Stroke Client Breakdowns. Unlike garden landscape contractors who are working with a set of contracts based on method statements, construction design management regulations, and a part of other paperwork, as a designer you'll be in the vanguard of a project, advising, consulting, and steering the customer into a position that makes the landscaper's life more amenable to smooth running. Indeed, you'll be producing the plans and drawings, which will form the basis of the contractor's work. Your assiduity will determine the success or otherwise of a given project, and enable the scheme to progress. And hopefully working with the customer, as the designer you will have been instrumental in nominating and selecting all materials and products, carrying the client along with you all the way. Now this product selection will become the foundation of the design with due regard taken to ensure that they are available and on time for the works programme. As a designer, you are the link between the customer and the contractor. At the initial stage of a project, it doesn't matter whether or not you'll be asked to become involved in a construction process. As a designer, you'll be working in a series of separate yet conjoined elements of the scheme, all combining to form a contract. They're separated in order to control timely payments into your account and may be loosely explained as being the initial survey or client briefing, which should be a two-way review, site survey, concept drawings, first presentation, second presentation and subsequent meetings, technical drawings, planting plans, meeting with contractors, likely maintenance requirements to ensure the customer understands the costs and ramifications of your proposals, and a general realisation you may have to alter your diary to suit the needs of the project. Each and every step or stage is separate and yet conjoined, and very often conflated with previous or future stages. This is the time that requires a lot of thought from the designer, especially regarding getting firm commitments of their time from the customer. All too often, the client is not available, rushing around being busy, or little spare time to deal with all your questions. When they do find time, meetings are often rushed, and decisions made without due diligence or understanding on the part of the client. Perhaps they have to wait for approval from another family member before making firm choices, thereby creating many problems for the designer who needs, must have, materials approved and signed off before moving on to the next stage of the process. This is such a big subject, I've written a book entitled Buying a Garden, which is available from the Landscape Library, for the benefit of designers, contractors and customers, describing the various elements of having a garden designed and built. Now, customer stroke design relationships are only one small part of the professional intercourse between a group of people, customers, designers and contractors, that may need to remain healthy and friendly over a long period of time, often several weeks or months. And when discussing any stage of a project with your client, it's far too easy to allow conflation to take place, whereby one element has not been signed off, and yet the next stage must be addressed in tandem with the last. You fire their imagination, they're excited and keen to move on to the next part of the exercise, and they're really looking forward to the next stage with enthusiasm, and trying to rush you into making decisions or agreeing to certain aspects without having full confidence that it's possible either to design, achieve or source. 
Now, thankfully, with the advent of the Construction Design Management Regulations 2015, we now have a moderating system requiring a formal step-by-step -step approach that is legally required will act as a break on rushing too far ahead without ensuring the previous section has been completed before moving on. However useful CDM is as a moderating factor, the due process may frustrate some customers and lead to complaints about tardiness or the designer deliberately placing barriers in their way. Now allowing this situation to arise as the cause of many client designer breakdowns is only by recognising the potential for these frustrations to arise are we able to either channel or deflect these feelings and thus control matters. Thankfully, to my mind at least, CDM formalises and regulates the format and pathway of any design project in the way the customer would have considered obstructive if the scheme had devised and introduced by, introduced by a designer and not by the law. Yet by allowing the client to rush ahead without agreeing any, everything proposed or suggested before moving on to the next step is a recipe for disaster. Everything becomes jumbled together. Unless the survey is carried out accurately and outline plans formulated to include those features requested by the client, and the possibilities for each feature are explored and positioned on the plan, there can be no possible way to agree and confirm choice of materials, colours, styles, forms, shapes, uses, etc. Now controlling the customer is an essential skill for every garden designer. As we're all individuals with our own personalities and customers are equally individual, there will be occasions when the chemistry required for a successful conclusion is simply not possible. As a designer, I've always had an approach that may seem by being a little bit unorthodox and recognised that I was going to have to start work with a client for weeks or months from start to finish on a project I knew how important it was we are going to have to get along together during the works. Therefore, I've always made it clear that as the professional on site, all responsibilities for the success of the project were mine. Success or failures, they were my responsibilities. This was way back in the, in the 80s, long before CDM existed, and if I was going to carry out that responsibility, all decisions regarding build quality and materials were mine alone. Certainly, choice of the materials should be agreed between both parties. There could never be any question regarding cutting corners or cheapening rates or specification to suit a budget. And any pressure by the client to compromise the integrity of a scheme was the end of my involvement. You are the professional on site and will always be held responsible for the project in law. And this attitude was not based on arrogance, but as the responsible party on site, I had to be in charge of the project and they included everything. I cannot remember having any problems with my clients because I always kept them abreast of every development at all times. Of course there are unforeseen problems, usually regarding the discovery of unexpected underground services or old foundations, including at least three World War II bomb shelters. But these were dealt with via variation orders, which I used to allow for additional changes and charges for design alterations if necessary as a matter of course because the customer was always aware of these changes from the outset. Now today I appreciate customers think they're much better informed regarding materials, having researched their choices online, and believe they're as knowledgeable about gardening as any designer. They have visited dozens of Pinterest boards, trawled through dozens of product catalogues, and believe they know all they need to know. They only want you there as a designer to put everything together. All of their dreams backed up by their own research, and expect you to just get on with it. What can be so difficult about designing the garden? 
I've done all the work for you. Here, I want this, this and this. Make it happen. Now, to reiterate, we're all different. We're all individuals. But it's because we recognise the probability of potential conflict on the horizon, we need to take firm control of the customer right from the start. And this is where the step-by-step -step methodology of CDM is so valuable. Before the initial site visit and interview, if the client is provided with a copy of the CDM regulations and a blank plan form, which is available online, the first item that they will see is that they, as the customer, are liable for the site until they appoint the principal designer, in writing. Now, I suggest this is sent by post a few days before your visit, together with your other establishment information about your practice, including bankers' details, insurance covers, and any other practice documents may have. Now, these will establish your credibility and professionalism, as well as providing you with the opportunity to introduce CDM before the interview begins. The very past part of your initial interview will be to complete the opening of the CDM plan, which confirms the name and address of the customers, together with recording your details as designer, together with all of your requisite insurance details. And this act firm, firmly places you as the professional on site in the eyes of the client. Now, I appreciate this from outside rather bizarre opening gambit in your interview, but consider, when you employ a chimney sweep or electrician or gas fitter, the first thing they do is to show their credentials and prove their insurances before they begin work. They establish themselves as bona fide professionals from the outset. Now, henceforth, no matter what element of the project you're discussing, final decisions must rest with you as the professional. Now, these include construction and technical matters, choice of materials, or the right to veto inappropriate materials, and every aspect of the scheme, whilst allowing the customer to have their views and make their wishes known. Now, as an expert witness, I become involved, totally independently, in cases of breakdown and disputes between designers and customers, with unpaid invoices, incorrect choices made regarding materials, accusations of all manner of litigious matters, and in each case, the cause of the breakdown in relationships has been a failure to guide or be guided. Now, how to avoid these breakdowns? Communication is the absolute key. Not only in listening to the client, but also providing education by explaining clearly why you're making your recommendations based on a wide range of factors. Everything from product availability and suitability, longevity and usefulness of certain techniques, and generally being 100% precious at all times. Establish a product library on site. The selected material is shown both wet and dry, and signed by the client with indelible ink marker to show they have been accepted for use on the project. All materials, including hard and soft, for example, bricks, paving, turf, bark, chippings, gravel, topsoil, etc., be listed and recorded in the library. Now keep a separate copy of this register signed by all parties as an insurance policy in case of future questions. At each stage of the design, ensure there's a sunset trigger, with each part being signed off and paid for before moving on to the next to avoid, to avoid conflation between the stages. This way, if the client wants to revisit an element that has been signed off, an hourly rate becomes payable to maintain your finances and not allow any alterations, additions, reductions to impact on your income by having to revisit completed work. Now, customers may become frustrated by this step-by-step -step discipline, but hopefully by explaining the essential nature of making decisions and sticking with them is the key to moving a project forward. They will understand that moving the goalposts will have repercussions on the timescale and their budget. Now, if you've maintained each section correctly, provided sound advice at all times, 
and have the written record of your site diary in the progressively completed CDM plan in your hand, you'll be able to terminate the design contract at any stage if the customer becomes too demanding or will not take your professional advice. Now, this notice of termination should be included in your terms and conditions, your terms of engagement. If the breakdown is irretrievable and you have maintained the sunset clause, stroke trigger for payments, there should be little in the way of outstanding monies owed to you as you will have been paid as you work. If you've maintained and upheld all of your obligations, there should be no question of liability for compensation on your behalf. Now, one final word on breakdowns. Keep a detailed and accurate diary of every single commission, noting every phone call and outcome over every meeting, especially if a client's, client starts to become difficult. Now, this diary will act as a contemporaneous source of evidence in case the things do become litigious. And the client should be aware you've maintained records as part of the CDM plan. Thank you for listening. The second podcast this month is called Managing Client Expectations. This will cover variation orders and sunset clauses in more detail. See you soon. Goodbye.